Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another week of the B-Side Podcast here at Liberty Church. I'm Steve King. Alongside me, Matt Loyan. Matt, welcome. Good morning. It's Tuesday morning. It's Tuesday morning, and I should be welcoming you to oh, the Oh, it's about time. My, in, it's the about words, time. in the words of Michael Gary Scott, <laughs> my, 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 how the turntables. How the turntables. <laughs> true, we will be flipping it up today. Uh, that's true, but it's Tuesday morning. It's Tuesday morning. Uh, we, we weren't able to record yesterday, right. so for anyone that was desperate for their B-side oh, last yeah. night, just could not find it, you you're finding it now. You need your fix. Um, drink it down smooth. We got it for you. Exactly Here it is. Right. But it is Tuesday morning, so we're maybe a, maybe a few hours behind when you would normally listen to it. And we are flipping the script. Steve, you preached a great sermon from Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 30, uh, about um, unified servants, united servants. Yes, united and servants. specifically the example of uh, Timothy and Epaphroditus. So really appreciated <clears throat> how you led us through that and proclaimed God's word through that and... Uh, maybe that would be a helpful place to start since it's been, you know, not quite 48 hours since uh, Sunday morning we were all gathered together. Yeah. Um, give us kind of your, yeah, your your 30 second, 60 second recap of yep. where where we were on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I opened kind of just with this, like the idea of Christian fitting the, a Christian fitting the narrative of being a Christian. It's a great, it was a great Disney illustration. I, I loved it. So I, I've always loved that. I thought, yeah. So I mentioned this guy, Louis Gravance. I'd heard him speak many years ago, well, a couple of 2019. And he talked about, he had worked for Disney. He built these uh, customer experience programs, training programs, everything about making Disney. They're so, they're globally well known for sure for their, for their precision and their excellence yeah. with like customer immersion. My right, dad experience. went to what was called the Disney Institute for okay. his yeah, sure. sales and marketing career yeah. to learn from them. Yeah. So totally understand. Like that's, that's yeah. I thing. mean, people that have come through Disney have written books that are like, I mean, these are the books to read about how to build customer service yeah. programs. And yep. so and he's, he, what a, what an entertaining guy. He was a child actor. He had done, he's done so many great things and to see him even speak and go into the mindset of Disney characters was just fascinating. But he yeah. talked about the look, the sound, the feel, and the smell of Disney. Mm. So he talked about when you when you go to Disney, you know, his his perspective, we want people to see Disney and see the look, the sound, the feel, and smell of it and be immersed into it. Yeah. Disney is an adjective. It's a narrative, right? Yeah. It's not just something you look at. It's just a noun. It's something yeah. you experience. And so... I kind of took that and, yeah. and said, like, yeah, we want to be Christians that fit the narrative of being a Christian. So I even yeah. throughout the sermon reference, like, how do we look, sound, feel, and smell like Christians? Yeah. And from uh, Paul's uh, writing about Timothy and Epaphroditus, but all, also his whole letter, right? Because we're, like, we're reading one letter over the course of 10 or 11 weeks. Right. It is still one letter. It's one letter. He's talking about, I pulled out of there. Being a Christian is someone who's united on what really matters, mm -hmm. um, serving one another. Christians serve one another, and Christians honor one another. And so we see those applications in Timothy and Epaphroditus as examples, but they're examples of what Christ was. Paul already has mentioned Christ. He's called right. the Philippian church to a certain standard, a certain behavior, says Christ is what all this is anchored in. Yeah. Um, obey God, work out your sanctification. Oh, and here are Timothy and Epaphroditus as examples of all of this among you. Yeah. Um, so Christians, they're united on what really matters. They serve one another and they honor one another. It's good. 
And really, I, yeah, and it was well well done and well laid out. I think the even the bookend you had there of the the idea of Disney and being an adjective, you know, do we fit the narrative of a Christian? Do we look mm-hmm. and feel and smell like a Christian? And then you bookended that with that story of Yaakov yeah. and the idea of the, the coat of a Christian. Like yes. you, you wear the coat well. Yeah. And that I think that was, um, I thought that was really helpful. The imagery was really good. And then, you know, Paul, of course, and that's what you were walking through there with those examples of um, unity and service and honor. And he puts forward Timothy in, in a path yeah. that is. Maybe that's a great place. We got three questions this week. So yeah. thank you for sending in questions, those of you who sent them in. Um, we'll dive in there. Uh, but, the, but the one, I think, has a lot to do directly with that. So um, person asked, regarding this look, sound, feel, and smell, hmm. is there actually a quote-unquote smell of Christians that is helpful for us to think about? So maybe this questioner, you know, look looking like a Christian, there's maybe some actions that are observable, sure. sounding like we would use words to talk about what we believe and, and, and why we're doing the things we're doing, feel, maybe those are a little bit easier, but smell is certainly sure. a, a, a word that we don't often associate with like right. how we appear in the world and how we present ourselves. So I think this that's maybe the one that, that is kind of a little more like, huh, yeah, what are we, what, that? What are we talking yeah. about with the smell? So maybe like dive <laughs> yeah. into that a little bit, Steve, what's the smell? Yeah, I think it's it's certainly a, it's a, it's an analogy and a metaphor that works. Maybe it shouldn't be over-applied, okay. but I do actually think this person actually came up to me real quick after church yeah. and said, hey, I wanna, I'm want i not going to send this question. I'll just ask you right now. Great. So that's I put it in here, um, and I answered it a little bit. I said, hey, a quick reaction is this. I gave it the, you know, an answer, and I think we could even expound upon it now. There is something to be said about how Christians smell, because Scripture talks about that. Yeah. And so you had mentioned and referenced this, because Paul talks about himself a few verses earlier. Was it a week or two ago? Maybe it was two weeks ago. It was just, yeah, the Sunday before. It right. was just the yeah, 13th okay. of March. Right. Yeah. So so Paul talks about himself. Um, as a fragrant offering. Well, as an offering. He's as an poured offering. out as a drink yep. offering. That's poured out as a drink offering. Chapter 2, verse 17. Thank you. Yep, there it is, right? So poured out. So even if I'm poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, and you had mentioned, so let me put words in your mouth. You can go back to it too. You had mentioned the Old Testament sacrificial system, yeah. the priest pouring wine on top of the sacrifice so that the aroma would be more pleasing as it would rise mm-hmm. up to God. That's right. Right. So there's actually something there that in the, 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 the sacrifice that God receives is pleasing to him. Yeah. And in the New Testament, Paul is actually talking about like, hey, that sacrificial system we're done with that. Christ yeah. is the ultimate sacrifice. He's the fulfillment of every sacrifice that's needed now for Christians. And so it's actually our obedience yeah. that rises up as a fragrant offering to yeah. God. Um, and Paul's saying, even if I'm poured out as a drink offering, if I have to suffer for the sake of your obedience, is as if my suffering for your faith is the wine being poured out on your sacrifice and this is all pleasing to God. Yeah. Right? I mean, tell, add anything to that if there's no, any. Right? I think that's yeah, really well <clears throat> said. And that's um, the other passage that comes to mind with talking about the smell is when Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians yes. about yep. specifically his and other um, other apostles and other um, leaders in the church, their role. Mm-hmm. But by extension, there would be there. this would apply to all Christians about being the aroma of Christ. That's right. And how... Um, <clears throat> So it's actually it's really it's really weighty words. It's actually it's in the same text that we actually use um, uh, for our elders in our elder training, and when we ordain elders here, it's the it's the famous text that maybe the, the key line is "Who is sufficient for these things?" Right. Uh, but in that, he's talking about being the aroma of Christ, and how to some people that's an aroma of life to mm-hmm. life, and for some people that's an aroma of death to death. Um, 
but that we are uh, living as as that aroma, which either is people people are seeing Jesus and and smelling Jesus yep. through the way we're living our lives, and that's either um, really appealing to them, and they see the they see the worth and value of it, and they they want to to be there with that, and they want to to, to put their own faith in Christ. Or it hardens them, yeah. and they say, "Gosh, I it, it it stirs up something in them that makes them run the other way because right. they're like, that's clearly calling me to live against how I want to live right now, right. and they and they they run away from it, but it it has an effect, yeah, um, one way or the other." Yeah, I had read um, years ago. I don't think we've ever talked about this. Um, the 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 suggestion that there's some historical context for that, that passage too, hmm. that Paul, the hearers of that writing. Would would recall how in Rome they would march um, captives from war and from mm-hmm. battle down in, like as captives into the city, and mm-hmm. those celebrating the victory would be throwing down flowers and petals and huh. fragrances on on the on the the victors, huh. and what that would like so this fragrance would come up, yeah, and you're celebrating that. But for the captives, they'd be marched in the city, and a lot of them would be executed. Yeah. And so that there's actually hmm. there's the fragrance to some who smell that go, we've won, huh. and to some the the fragrance is actually a symbolism a symbolism of like, oh, we're about to be destroyed. This is the end. Um, yeah. And so again, that's I think it's a historical context. Yeah, that's good. I've never actually done a deep dive on that to know how many how common is that interpretation across, you know. Across Christendom, but yeah. um, but I thought that was a nice. That's an interesting historical context to think of. It's good because even what you're saying for some, the person of Christ is this victor. Like we, yeah. there's victory in Christ, and yep. to become a Christian is to experience victory. Yeah, and for others to find Christ and to be convicted by what Christ calls us to is to their destruction. That's sure. what it says in Second Corinthians. Yeah, that's so, right. So all that's that to good. say, there is a yeah. there's a there's a, there's a biblical. There's biblical context for yeah. the idea of smelling a Christian That's too. That's right, and right? And, yeah. and not and not that we need to necessarily press it all the way to every possible extension of it. That's right. But yeah. I do also think a couple things about smell in that um, you have to be near to someone to mm. smell them. Like sure. you can observe what they're doing from far away, but there's a near there's a proximity that's right. necessary for a, for a for an aroma, for good or bad. Are you trying to tell me something right now? We're sitting about three feet apart from each other. Those sure and unsure commercials, <laughs> you're, you're unsure. I'm unsure. <laughs> oh, no, I'm unsure. Okay. Um, but the, yeah, you need to be in proximity to actually, so that we want to be the aroma, mm. and we and that requires proximity. The other thing that it comes to mind, again, this, we you know, we, we might be pushing this beyond what the original author had intended here. But I think it's helpful to think about all of the senses kind of being incorporated in an sure. all of life pursuit, maybe of, uh, of Jesus, you know, of Jesus. Maybe that's the way to, to, um, to bring this all together. But... Um, is it olfactory? Yeah. Are going to say that, that wrong? Smelling? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Smelling. Yeah. Olfactory. Yeah. That's a lot of the research shows that, that in terms of what you remember and what takes you back to it, like what actually sticks deepest in your, in your mind, yeah. in your memory is, is the olfactory mm. sense. Sure. So like if you actually smell something, if you're actually close enough to something and you absorbed it, yeah. then you recognize that again. It takes sure. you back to that spot. So I, I think... If you want to stretch this into the implications of it, the idea of um, you know smelling like Jesus, smelling like Christians would, yeah. requires us to be actually in proximity to people where they'd be able to smell us, and right. it's the kind of involvement in their lives that actually is memorable. Yes. Like that actually goes, yes. wow, that's yep. different, that's distinct. That that's what Louis was talking about with Disney, mm-hmm. like the examples I gave of the opening of the park, and he gave plenty of other examples, but the opening of the park one. 
when you can see, when you're at the the park entrance and you're waiting to get in and everyone's pushing, but you can see what they want. You can see the castle in the distance. Yeah, you can see these glorious sights yeah. of your imagination. You can um, you can see the the sun glistening off the the wet uh-huh. pavement of the roads because they water them down before the sun rises, so yeah. it actually does feel like there's glistening in the air, huh. right? Um, talked about the music playing over yep. the the speaker. Yep. You hear Disney music, and then they also I love this. They made popcorn. They make That's popcorn. Right. They start making it early in the morning yeah. because you do smell it. Uh-huh. And to your point of like the olfactory sense, yeah. When you smell the popcorn, you just kind of it's like going to a movie. Whenever you ever go to a yeah. movie theater, you smell the popcorn. Yep. You immediately kind of just want it. Yep. It just it you associate yep. relaxation, entertainment, the popcorn. Like that starts to happen. Oh, yeah. And so did like that's what it, like we want to be the narrative. And so yeah. Christians not just like calling it be the narrative. Yeah. And that was Yaakov's story, hmm. right? Yeah. It wasn't. That's why I love that story. What made him wear the coat of Christ well yeah. to the person who was converted yeah. was that over time this person saw integrity and consistency in what Yaakov looked like and felt like and sounded like and smelled like as a Christian. It's good, right? So it's like that's who we should be. It's good. Yeah. I've always loved that story. It's a yeah, great story. It's a great yeah. I had not heard that story before, but I love that too. Okay. Um, two other questions came in. Let's do this next one. Okay. Uh, a questioner asked, can each of you call out one of the people who influence you positively in the gospel, in the gospel, the way Paul calls out both Timothy and Epaphroditus? I thought that was a really good practical uh, takeaway from what you were sharing, Steve, kind of in the bridge between talking about serving people and honoring people. Yeah. You mentioned couple things one you know would anyone send put us forward as an example when anyone right. would anyone say hey our lives are worth worth following and emulating um but the other part that you said there was stemming out of a conversation you'd had with someone recently mm-hmm. um well who are three people that have had that kind of impact on you yeah and that was even said more maybe in like like a business professional context yeah it was separate from the certain like the person didn't know that i was preparing to preach on this yeah. and, and it's kind of it just God orchestrated that time to kind yeah. of go like, I actually connected the dots. Like, oh, I just, like, here's a great, I just, had, yeah. I just did this the other day with someone. Yeah. yeah. So true. this can be true in multiple realms of life. People that have, have served as examples to you That's right. in different ways. Um, but specifically in the ways of serving and honoring and being united, Paul puts Timothy and Epaphroditus forward. And you were saying, you know, think of three people in your life who have been examples of what the being, you know, wearing the coat of Christ or, or, yeah. or living actually as a Christian have, have looked like and that you would want to follow their example. Yeah. And um, by extension, do they know that? Right. Would they would they be even surprised maybe by the fact right. that you would name them as one of those people? Right. And even encouraging um, us. And I think I, that was really good. I, I, I jotted down some names and some some contacts I wanted to make um, in the near future about that. I'm just here, here just to name two people and thank people yeah. for the example that they've played. So this person's actually saying, to you and me, yeah. Hey, well, yeah. let's uh, let's put our money yeah. where our mouth is and drop, yeah. drop some names. Go all in. Let's drop, let's drop, drop some names. On this the is the only, is, this, is this the only time we should like really call out? Like we're always sometimes, you know, other podcasts, maybe other. I don't know. Um, you shouldn't shouldn't be quick to name names, right? They name names, yeah. blacklist people, right? We're catching people doing good. <laughs> that's right. We're not, we're not catching that? people doing bad. We're that's we're, right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, this maybe is a good reason to drop a name. Sure. That we're trying to. To give um, to give honor to yeah. the people that are worth honoring for the role they've had. So yeah, yeah. yeah who would who would maybe one of the? I mean, it can be one of the three you already had in mind, or it could be somebody yeah. else. But who who's somebody you? I'll, I'll name there? one of those three. So um, his name's Mark, hmm. um, and Mark is someone. You know, I, I won't go into great so long. Um, where where our paths 
kept crossing each other. I met Mark down when I was in Southern Virginia huh. when I was 23. Yeah. Um, he was a local business professional, had connect, had kind of just, he was doing some ministry work or some discipling with a basketball team that area that I was also working with. And so we came to know each other. He invited me to church, his church. I'm like, I'm from Northern New Jersey through central Pennsylvania down to Southern Virginia. I mean, this was like a whole new world to me. <laughs> Think about Disney, a whole new world. This was a whole new world. Okay. I actually, I've also, I've often did said, he, did he take you on a carpet ride? He did. You know, he did not. <laughs> okay. I'm right. real. Okay. That's actually why I need to call him and say, you didn't take me. You owe me a carpet ride. Um, I always say just like side note tangent. It's good. I went from, Northern New Jersey through Central Pennsylvania that's a, that's to Southern helpful. Virginia. We are a helpful portal. Oh my God. Other- <laughs> honestly, because when I got to Southern Virginia, I was like, can everybody, can you just speed up how you, how you talk? Can we move a little faster? Can we live with some urgency? Oh, that's, I, we should like, we should talk to like Harrisburg about their marketing for Central Pennsylvania. That's right. Like, well, you might you might not stay here, but we're a great portal. We're a great portal. That's, that's, <laughs> we will send yeah. you to where you're going. I mean, honestly, <laughs> the kindest people in the world. But I was like, I've been on the phone for 15 minutes, and this should be 90 seconds. Can you just answer the question? That's awesome. Anyway, okay, tangent. Uh, Mark, so I met him down yeah. there and invited me to church. I got to know his family. He then actually moved huh. away, and he moved up to outside of Boston. Yeah, and uh, like. Then nine months later, I moved up to outside yeah, of Boston, completely crazy. independent of yeah. each other. And I started working at a school that his son went to. I coached his son in basketball. We, we just kept continuing our friendship. Okay. Why was Mark one of these persons for me? And I think I said in my, in my sermon on Sunday, I didn't mean, cause it was a different setting where I was asked this question, mm-hmm. but in reflecting on the people that I answered, I was like, Oh, I recognize they're actually people that I would say are examples of faithful Christians, Christians that look, sound, feel, and smell like Christ. Yeah. So I actually am grateful for that. I'm grateful for that God brought to mind for me and from my experience, surround me with people that are actually also brothers yeah. in Christ, yeah. right? So Mark is someone, he's someone who I would say, absolutely, I would put him forward to anybody I'd know and say, I would trust that he would speak he would glorify God in what he would share. He's united in faith. His faith is so important to him. And I talked about the importance of unity on the stuff that really matters. Right. I think, you know, we're in a world where it's like, okay, can we really find that? Because what's central, what's secondary, what's tertiary? Sure. It's hard hard to sometimes nail those things down. Yeah. Mark's someone that I'd say is he's united on the things that really matter and he's gracious and kind Mm -hmm. on the things that maybe need to be discussed. Yeah. Right. So he's not like, he's just, I, he is that. And also someone who serves others. I'm like, I'm just going through the checklist. I don't mean to be just, you know, low hanging fruit by going through the checklist here, but he's someone yeah. that united, gracious serves. Like he served me mm-hmm. in inviting me to places, like huh. caring about where I was, like asking me questions, huh. like even giving, um, stuff to me that I needed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just someone who just like fulfilled my needs. Yeah. And I saw him serve others that way. It wasn't just me. This is who he is. Yeah. Um, and then also someone that I'd say like is like honor someone other by deflecting attention, deflecting appreciation, just like constantly pointing to other people and worthy causes. And, you know, for me, I, I said in the sermon and, I'll, and I'll, I'll say this, I won't go into all the details, like walked with me in great moments of celebration just was with me in hard moments of yeah. of str- of striving and hmm. hardship and frustration and maybe hmm. even 
you know, in, in sin and tragedy, just like yeah. just being someone who's alongside going, man, what a faithful, honest, gracious, mm. kind person who also pushed you yeah. and, and cared about you. And where, where Paul says Timothy will be genuinely concerned about the interests of others and yeah. for your welfare. Yeah. I'm like, that's Mark. He's actually someone that you spend time with. You're like, you're genuinely interested yeah. in the interests of others. Yeah, um, that's really good. So he's someone that I would say. Yeah, his name's Mark. His son is Joey, who I got yeah. to coach in basketball, and they're they're great, great guys, and their family love their family. Now, now the listeners of the B Side Podcast want to know. Oh, they do. Okay, is he the one that you had not yet reached out to? Yes, Joel. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's that's maybe. So a he's fourth. someone, um, Mark. If you're listening, a phone call is coming your way. Mark, you better be listening. <laughs> uh, no, um, he he. Yeah, true. He's someone that. Um, and whenever we circle back to each other, because we—he's still up outside of Boston. Yeah. I'm no longer there. I yeah. was there for three years. Been in Central PA now for almost eleven years. Yeah, our paths just don't cross as much, right? Um, and not because we wouldn't want them to; they just don't. But whenever they do, we just pick right back that's up. Awesome. I mean, that's yeah. just a special type of friend that way. That's but awesome. he is someone that I need to reach out to and say, "Hey, specifically, yeah, can I honor you this way? You're somebody that's on a short list of people that I had to answer, um, and I don't." Um, will he be surprised? Uh, no, I don't think he'll be surprised. Yeah. Doesn't sound like it. No, he won't be surprised because I, I mean, think not I think, expecting it. But, but not in some ways, I, I've expressed so much gratitude to him in the past. I've honored him. I think mm-hmm. to the point that he would. It, it won't be uncommon for him to hear it. He won't be surprised. Yeah, but I think he'll be surprised that it happened again. Right, and he's on the list, and just sure. like, I think he'll appreciate it. Yeah, maybe more so than be surprised. There's my answer. It's really good. It's what really about good. you, Matt? Yeah, I I have a number of different people that came to mind for me, yeah. um, and a number of them are you know mentors that have just kind of stepped inside you know into my life in, in different seasons and and poured into me from a discipleship standpoint. So there were a lot of people that I mean I you know I'm happy to like talk more about those too, but but really the the one that um, has stood out to me and that I just feel like would be worth honoring f- for multiple reasons would be. My family, um, growing up, but my, my mom and my dad and my sister, um, the four of us, you know, our, our immediate family. Um, I just think about the, the years of growing up in the church and particularly the word service is what maybe puts me in steering in that direction specifically. Sure. In that it was just, um, modeled and exemplified, I think so well by my father and my mother growing up in what it looks like to be available for other people, um, to, to welcome their, um, their needs and to say, how can we be there and help, uh, even specifically through the local church, even, even saying like the local church is important and we're going to, um, we're going to, we're going to prioritize time. We're going to, you know, you talked yesterday, Steve, about interruptions and how there are, there are definitely times to draw appropriate boundaries and not to be taken advantage of by others and things like that. But that any kind of genuine service is is almost always something that's outside of like the normal scheduled agenda of things you just would automatically come up for for your own life. Sure. And that often interruptions are part of God's God's uh, invitation to to really live a life of service. Yeah. And I think that when you were saying things like that, and I just think about the different ways I've seen um, all three of those immediate family members of mine: um, my mom, my dad, my sister. Uh, serve in various capacities in the church, um, show up in people's lives in response to various needs. I mean, they've had people 
my sister and my brother-in-law, um, they, they foster different kids. They've had different kids in their home for, you know, a year mm-hmm. plus at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents have taken people into their home for different seasons. Um, they've, uh, so, so not just like the formal kind of serving roles necessarily we might think of in a church setting, but just a, a lifestyle of service and being, um, continually different seasons of life to, to find a way to, to do that. So, so I just want, I mean, I want to say, you know, thank you to my parents and to honor them. And I've said that to them before. I, that, I don't think anything that I'd say there would be a, um, a surprise to them, but, um, but just to, to express gratitude and honor for them and for my sister and her example of it, uh, I really do look to them as examples uh, in so many ways. And then I also think just to encourage the people in our church of the real value it is, if you're a parent, certainly for what you model for your kids in this, mm-hmm. um, but also for other adults in our church, whether you have kids or not, for what you exemplify to younger people, they, they see that stuff and observe that. And some of the other people I could quickly name on my list were like my second grade Sunday school teacher, Dawn, who was, mm-hmm. you know, faithful and just all like helped sec- a bunch of second grade, rowdy second grade kids understand scripture, understand the Bible, you know, like it's, it's like that, that kind of stuff actually does make a long-term impact on people. Um, so I, I, I've, I've been the beneficiary of that in incredible ways in my life. And then, um, just to encourage you in the church to, to, um, to be that for each other. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And, um, man, just to, just to not leave that point too quickly, I would actually encourage everybody who's listening to do what Steve asked us to do on Sunday and, and, Reach out to those people, man. It's just, it's not, it's not every day that we get reminded that we need to do that now in the, in this life while we have the moment to honor other people for the role they've played. Right. But, um, but that would be a great prompt to do it. So before you forget, before we move on to something else in your life, before you get busy, um, make that time to reach out with a text call just to thank people, honor them for their role they've had. I think that's, I think that's also, um, I didn't get much into this in the sermon, um, that's a, that's a way in which we're formed. Mm. Like we're formed that way by honoring other people. Mm. Um, the expression of gratitude and thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, I even said, you know, my my perspective on this letter that Paul's writing is is two main reasons: is to actually express gratitude and yeah. to urge them to be united. Yep. That's the overarching yeah. point of the letter, and gratitude and thanksgiving forms us when we express it. And so it's not just you. Know, I think you actually. I think we'll find moments if we reach out. So if you reach out to someone and say, hey, guys, say thank you for the work that you've done. Yeah. And they go, oh, my gosh, why? And you have to talk about <laughs> it. You have to answer the question. Yeah. Um, and you just your heart has to actually give someone honor. Hmm. You're forming yourself in gratitude and thanksgiving. Yeah. And they're being formed and receiving it. Yeah. And I think that our church will find a lot of people that the people that receive it are probably people that also will want to. Not just to sound cliche, like pay it forward. They'll also, yeah. they'll be formed in, in being humbled by recognizing that what they've done has been appreciated. They'll yeah. actually maybe even inspire them um, to do more of it. Yeah. You know? It's it's maybe the one command in scripture that you're told to like one up each other on. Yeah. Do, outdo, you know, outdo, outdo one another. Yeah. You referenced Romans 12. That's outdo right. one yeah. another in showing honor. It's right. like you're actually given a green light to. Right to try to like do this better. Right. That's right. <laughs> sure. Like, that's right. Most of the time you're like, be humble. Don't draw attention to it. I would like to <laughs> name 11 other people. Sit back, everybody. It's going to take a while. <laughs> no, <laughs> Matt only honored one person this morning and I will absolutely honor 78. You jerk. <laughs> 
Well, I'm gonna honor. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly right. Um, True. Yeah. So I just know. I think that's. I think we're formed in it. Yeah, we're formed in Christ when we honor other people because we're formed in humility and gratitude and thanksgiving. Yeah, that's good for us. That's so good. don't. So do it. Like yeah, to that point. That's right. Actually, think about who you would call or text and say thank you and embrace that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, late edition question just came in hot off the wire, hot off the wire. And we it, take them. It actually relates a little bit to the third question we already had that we were going to talk to. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put it both together and we can kind of bat, bat them back and forth. So the one, okay. the one question that just came in was, can you give us examples of how we serve others in the church better? Right. Just some examples. What does service in the church look like? Yep. Now here's where that relates to the question that came in the other day. How would you direct mothers with lots of small kids to serve? So we're going to narrow. So we got a broader yeah. question and yep. then a narrower one. Yep. Let me, I'll continue this question with mothers. Um, this, this questioner says, I always feel guilty when that, when that meaning service comes up because I don't do much besides nursery, which is kind of the given one for moms, but don't really have many kitty, uh, kidless moments in order to do so. Saying to you and me, you and Matt are are basically walking this with your wives. We have young kids, and we're going to be in dangerous territory speaking yeah. to them in just about five seconds here. You're going to see Sorry a, in advance. You're going to see a, a Steve-shaped <laughs> hole in the wall. But here we go. You do, we, we walk this out in our families right now. We have wives that have young kids. True. Um, so uh, this question is figuring that we could see the small windows and the little capacity and hopefully direct people with what moms of young kids can do with that. Mm-hmm. Are there ways you expect us to serve? Are there ideas maybe we don't see? Are there ways we can serve with our kids? And meaning specifically little ones, toddlers, preschoolers. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to hook into that, Steve? There's the broader examples of others to serve in the church. Maybe let's start with this specific question about young moms and then we can we can broaden it out beyond that too. Yeah. So start with the moms you said? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I, well, yes. So we are walking through this right now. We're in this, this season of life. So the, the questioner is right about that. Well, one, I'd say this, let's never um, undermine the importance of the role of serving in the church and in a role like children's ministry. Yeah, absolutely. The question is not suggesting that we should undermine it, yep. um, but let me just encourage that person and others, even if it feels like this just, uh, un- you know, it's not this glimmering, shining example of service. If you're thinking that, just push against that. We yep. need, uh, well, especially in our church, the church needs, but have you looked around Liberty? Church we recently, we need yes. qualified, energetic, passionate, service-oriented yep. people. Um, and if you don't feel like you're, I mean, energetic, mean like you're, you're you want to do this, sure. right? You want to do it. Um, not everyone needs to be a clown or the most For excitable sure. person For to sure. serve in, in, in Liberty students or Liberty kids and nursery. Um, we need people to invest in the lives of the children in our church, that they would yeah. someday maybe answer that question of who yeah. looked, sounded, felt, and smelled like a Christian. Because yep. I can think about people still that were my Sunday school teachers yep. and youth group leaders, yep. right? Those that taught me catechism, Heidelberg yeah. catechism yeah. in a Christian Reformed church. And so those are that's who we are to our, our kids. Yeah. We need those people. Um, and we need it for the people in our church. We need for people that visit our church and come to our church, of which we've continued to see over the years. Yeah. Someone who comes and goes, I can put my, my children in nursery or in Liberty Kids, and the people that are serving there are smiling. Yeah. They're patient. They're gracious yeah. with children. They love. They seem to love my children and love children. I'm like, we need those people. Yeah. So if anything, I'm like, no, let's actually honor what may be too quickly overlooked. Yeah. 
as a role that's just like one we got to plug and play. Oh, check the box on. That's right. Now, yes, the question is right that usually it's like moms always do that one. Well, maybe that's true. Yeah. You know what we need? We also need dads. Yep, absolutely. So to that question you said, how can we serve the church better? Well, if you're a man listening to this and you you have the capacity and the willingness to serve in Liberty yeah. Nursery and, and Liberty Kids, do yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, do that. Yep. Um, don't just actually say, oh, the moms will do that. Yeah. That'd be that actually be to our shame as men if we did that. That's right. Just so we write. should serve That's our exactly. kids. So let's, let me just say that. Well said. Won't get on, won't get on a soapbox real quick. But I, like, I was starting to build it for woo! you. Okay, you're right. back down. Okay. <laughs> Come back okay, down. Never mind. Right, but we need that. So let's yeah. know that. Um, I'd also say the other reaction I have to the question on, well, where can I... I'm speaking not as my wife. I won't speak for Abby, but I'll speak for That's a wise that's a wise call. <laughs> as your friend, I would say. Everybody a, write that down. That's a good decision. Everybody write that down. <laughs> Steve's recommendations for a healthy marriage. Bonus content <laughs> this week's service. That's right. Um, but I'll say this. What I've what I and I feel the tension of this in our family. We have four kids, yeah. we're busy, our kids are crazy, right? It's like sure. but here's where I think as Christians we have an opportunity to serve other people is to see where we're, there are people in our lives that have needs, mm-hmm. where we want we can have relationship with them, and then go pursue that. Yeah, like at, like if you think about someone in the church who doesn't have kids or maybe a different season of life, and you're like, ah, oh, should we have them over for dinner? And you go, well, our kids are nuts. I don't know if they'd enjoy it. You know what? Embrace that. Mm-hmm. Like do that. Yeah. Um, find ways to have your season of life with kids overlap with others in other seasons of life in the world. Yeah. Like do that well. Yeah. And, and if you're on the other side of that equation, embrace those moments. Yeah. You know, if you're like, I don't know if I want to go to the King's house because their kids are, I'm like, please come. <laughs> yeah. We need you. Yeah. We need the relationship with you. You need the relationship with us. And not because we, either one of us has this special insider knowledge, just like this is actually living life together. Yeah. It's part of what Bonhoeffer's book, I referenced that, like his book life together, That's which right. is a brilliant book. Yeah. Um, be interrupted. Yep. Let your life be interrupted by yep. what God is leading. And it's the relationships that, that God is leading us oftentimes to. That's right. And those relationships oftentimes are filled with or sometimes start with identifying needs. Yeah. I think about 1 John 3. If anybody sees a, a brother in need and has the world's goods and does not offer them, how can love reside in that person? Yeah. Right. And so how do we express love? By meeting each other's needs. And we yeah. don't let this like we don't let what seems to be a barrier yeah the business of our life with kids be always a thing that stops us that's right now it doesn't mean that we should always do every possible thing because our kids needs need rhythms and we need rhythms right that's yeah. okay um but just let the circles of life overlap and get messy that's good that be that's a quick response i had it was it's, one of the first thoughts i had yeah it's a great it's a great response it, ha- it has to be I think you, you have to think less of service as a separate compartment or bucket of your life and more of an on the, as you go, yeah, yeah, as you go type thing. It's a, there's a, there's a mentality of a, um, and even a, a lenses on the world that says, help me see the needs of people around me as I'm, as I'm like managing this controlled chaos of right. life with young kids. Right. Cause there are seasons and certainly like your ability to be, responsive and impulsive and just to kind of show up when needs arise is going to be limited when you actually have a number of, that's right. Or any, you know, young kids yeah, in your right, home, like right. you, you, there are limitations there and there's not the expectation that you're able to, to be as, um, 
as responsive and impulsive in every season of your life and certainly in that one. Right. So I think to put that expectation on someone and even the, this, you know, as this questioner said, you know, you always feel guilty just that you would hear, you know, as Steve, you were speaking to so well a minute ago, the role that you have in your home with your kids also matters yes. incredibly. You're right. And the role that you have in roles that, you know, things that may, may be more quote unquote naturally fit, like serving in a nursery setting on a Sunday here matter immensely. Like, how, like let's dignify motherhood and let's dignify, like you said, kids ministry, yep. teaching young people the, and being the, being this example of service and on, you know, right. of, of, for your kids is, is hugely critical. Talk about it with your kids yeah. as they, as they get older. Yeah. And this is like, this is instructive. Like, we're in this, right? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying this because I'm ready to write a book about it because I've done it so well. Yeah. I'm like in this phase where I'm like, how do I yeah. talk with my kids more and more about the stuff that's happening in the world, the relationships we have, our neighbors, yep. people that we would like to want to spend time with, or we see people need just like, have those conversations with your kids. Yep. And I'll, I'll honor my wife in, in this and, and even just say, like, talk to her because she would know more about even what it's like to, to juggle the chaos in the mm-hmm. moments of this. But um, the way I've seen her do that really well has been multifaceted. It's, but it's, it's always been kind of including people into the things that are kind of already yeah, fold going them in. on. Yeah. It's folding people into life. So, like, for example... There's two other young kids at my house right now whose parents are currently not in town and they needed a place to, to hang out and, and kind of some childcare for a couple of days. And so they're, they're at my house. They're just kind of folded into the chaos. And yep. so like, there's already, you know, three kids and then two go to school. And it, it is chaos. By it the is. Way. Oh, it's, <laughs> it is. I mean, there's, and, and actually in a way that, um, that was corrective for me, some of the fights in our, in our marriage were around like my desire and, I would say sometimes need for like order and stuff to kind of be back in its place. And, you know, sure. I'm, I'm much more kind of that way in terms of picking things up. And I just, I, I mean, I remember even too, like even being frustrated about that and then just experiencing this incredible moment of conviction from the Holy spirit of like what I'm, what I'm actually prioritizing here is actually not the priority mm-hmm. and the way that my wife in those, in, the, in this instance, I'm thinking of specifically, but I think generally she's just better at this than I am is actually going, actually the, the relational time with the kids and actually bringing people into that matters mm. on an eternal scale so much more than like, did the house get picked back up you sure. know, at the end of the day and did all the stuff on our checklist of kind of errands and things get done? Yeah, I think Shay does that so much better than I do. Um, so I'm grateful for that and fo- folding people into that. And so like I've, I've seen Shay do it with you know, kids playing with each other and just pulling people into that. Try, I mean, you, you can't have great conversations typically with other parents when it's you're hard. trying to manage yeah. young kids. I know that's that's limiting. Um, meals, like providing meals for people. If you're if you're already uh, during certain times of the week or, or whatever, preparing meals for your family. Mm-hmm. If there's a way to double the portions and just kind of make more of what you're making and then give some of it away to a family that would need it. You know, sick folks that are sick and can't pre- prepare meals, things like that. That's, I think, where I've seen Shay do it. There, there's, um, um, there's other examples where she's able to kind of, you know, I, I'll stay with the kids and she'll go do something mm-hmm. that, that's hard to do with kids. So you can set each other up maybe in, in your marriage that way from time to time. But so much of it in that season of young kids is where am I already at? Where does yep. God have me? God, you know, give me eyes to see the, this the way you would see it. And yep. then can I jump in and serve as we're, as we're going, as we're on the way? Right. Yeah, that's true. Now to the broad question. Yeah. Right. I said we literally the question came in as we're talking, right? Yep. 
What, so, examples. Uh, examples. So it, we have been having our deacons and our elders actually reach out to people recently we have. to kind of confirm some of these serving team lists we have yep. over time. Sometimes those lists get a little stale. Yep. Um, so practically, there are actual practical needs and teams that we have yep. for serving in the church. So we talk at Liberty, um, you know, this idea of like the one and a half, right? Where, yeah. where are you serving the church and giving, were you involved in one ministry, but then also contributing maybe to another one? Yeah. And we don't mean that legalistically. We're not, we're not checking the hours, sure. right? It's like, no, it's, it's, we're trying. I think I, we're actually, tr- Matt is, yeah, Matt's yeah. checking the hours. <laughs> um, so make sure you punch your time cards, everybody. It's almost yeah. the end of the month. Um, just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Uh, but it's, I think that's where. What we mean by that is we call people to be involved in service practically and functionally so that they can be formed. Yeah. Right. And but we know that the the action doesn't equate right away to the formation. That's right. But it helps. Right. And yeah. so you do actually sometimes need to get going. You gotta hit the ground sometimes and then be formed along the way. Yeah. And I think that's what's what's behind the heart of us calling people to serve. So there's right. practical teams that you can actually get involved in. And if you haven't, it, and if you're listening it's going, how do I do that? Reach out to us. Please reach yeah. out to an elder or to a deacon and go, how can I get involved? Yeah. I think the question also is how do we, yeah, I mean, how do we serve others in the church better? Wow. That's, I mean, there's a lot in there. Uh, well, and I think, yeah, we could, we could get into that maybe and break that down a little bit. But so the, the average person that comes to Liberty Church, our Liberty Church is not in typically um, is not consistently in a place of great physical, tangible need or so, crisis or crisis. Yeah, sure. So at, at least from a, at least from like a meeting needs serving kind of, when I think service, I tend to think more the, the tangible external kinds of things. Sure. Oh, if we're actually really like getting into the word serve and talking about like how to care for someone's soul and heart, I think those kinds of needs are all, all the time everywhere. Yeah. So, so if, if that's one way of thinking, okay, how can I serve people better at the church? Then maybe it's and you and you're actually um, willing to engage some with someone relationally and ask them questions about what's going on. That's mm-hmm. a huge way to care for each yeah. other because there's yeah. lots of brokenness playing out in the, the lives of our people, but it's not the surface, externally visible kinds of brokenness that we might typically use the word serve for. Sure. Yep. So I would say one of two things. One, if you got that, if you got that desire and relational capacity, dive into each other's lives and actually invite people. Build the kinds of relationships where people feel open and honest and vulnerable to share with you yep. the things they're really wrestling with. Because it's all over the place. And I know, Steve, you and I from our from our staff and our elder roles feel like if we had a hundred more hours in a week, we could fill them with the conversations we could have with people in our church about that. Yeah. If if I think maybe what this question is more asking, if serving more tangible needs, I actually think our church does that really well. When we when there are crises. When there are meals, when there, I mean, our church responds very well to one another. Yeah. Most of the time when needs, especially the physical, material, tangible needs arise. Yeah. And if those are the kinds of needs that you say, I want to do more of that, great. And I would actually maybe direct you to also have lenses on what's going on in your neighborhood, what's going on at your workplace, what's going on at your school, depending on where you are in life. Oh my goodness. Right now, like our neighborhood has just become like a hotbed of serving needs Mm, between people who are going through major medical crises, um, people who have lost loved ones. There's like Shay's making a meal today for a family in our neighborhood that doesn't go to Liberty, but they had a baby and there's like a neighborhood kind of Facebook page, people doing meals for like, it's 
there's all kinds of needs there too. So if you're more yeah. kind of tangible need oriented, beautiful. Sure. Look for that not only at Liberty, but also for the sake of sharing the gospel, being the aroma of Christ outside of yep. the local church. Yep. Or, <clears throat> and or, probably both and, <laughs> um, pursue the different kinds of service in the local church. Yes. So. Yeah. Maybe that's my, my No, yeah, it's great. I think the one thing I'd add, and then we can probably wrap it up, is the like have, have, have the long view, you know, like even that story that yep. I, I told at the end, like Yaakov, you know, ministering yeah. to someone like you don't, you don't look and go, Oh, I served that person. And they didn't respond right away. They didn't come to Christ. That's they didn't right. come to Liberty. That's right. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to be the aroma of Christ consistently over and over and over and let God take care of that's right. Like where someone actually turned their heart to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so be that consistent Christian, be fit the narrative of the Christian. Yeah. Each and every day, one day at a time, and let the Lord work through that. Well said. Hey, this has been great. We uh, dove into a lot of stuff today. Um, we're going to pick it back up next week, and we'll be in Philippians chapter 3. Also, yeah. just to encourage you, Sunday is going to be a great day. We're really looking forward to Sunday with people coming into Covenant. Yes, to baptize right. two people. Um, really looking forward to that. So hope to see you if, if Liberty Church is your home. Hope to see you on Sunday at one of our gathered worship services, and then we'll be back Next week for another episode of the B-Side Podcast. B-side. Next week will be uh, yourself and Elder Bob. That's Carvella right. will be on. Bob will be sitting in That's for right. the King. Yeah. Good deal. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. Bye, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the day. Talk okay. soon. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side Podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's liberty with an I, harrisburg.org.